Welcome to the Dynasty Happy Hour Podcast. Pull up a chair and kick up your feet as you get ready to enjoy some of the industry's most entertaining and actionable Dynasty content on the planet. We're talking veterans, rookies, sleepers, and oh yeah, you know the crew has those dad jokes ready for you. So let's not wait any longer and bring on the host or some combination of Doug, James, and Tyler. Welcome back in to the Dynasty Happy Hour. I am here, as always, with Tyler and James. And we've got a special guest, but before we intro him, I just wanted to uh, make sure that, you know, you can not only hear us with where all your podcasts are brought to you by, but you can actually view our beautiful faces, our guest's beautiful face. Um, he's a swashbuckler this week, according to Tyler. Um, but you can like and subscribe on YouTube. You can also see us on Facebook Live. And as always, we are brought to you by Fantasy Points. You can use code DHH22 and get 10% off a Fantasy Points subscription. 90% of subscribers made the playoffs in 2020 and 2021. And that's going to be 90% again in 2022 because Fantasy Points is an absolutely elite fantasy football resource. It's the lowest price in the industry. They've got analytic power draft tool, DFS optimizer. So no matter which way you play fantasy football, you can do it all on Fantasy Points. Lots of awesome stuff going on there. Code GHH22 once again. So this week, we are bringing you our most owned rookies. So we uh, we did some tomfoolery and some witchcraft, and we figured out who we have as our most owned rookies. And we're going to give you some great third and fourth round rookie targets to make in your rookie drafts if you haven't had them already. And maybe even some auction strategies, because I haven't had a single rookie auction yet. And I got three of them coming up. So I'm super excited. But before we do all that, I want to welcome our guest in. Bobby, last name, is it Koch, Cook? Talk to me. Yeah, you got it right the first time, which I'm impressed by because everyone right. usually goes with Cook or Coke as their first instinct. Let's, I was that's what good that. hosts do. We we figure it that out. That happens too. Ah, awesome. Bobby, how are you? I know your your AC's broken, you're sweaty, <laughs> you're irritable, but you're yeah, here. I'm- I'm doing well. Uh, I can't complain. You know, people have it much worse than me. I I do not do well in the heat. So the 90 degree with humidity and my AC being broken is not great. But thankfully, my parents live nearby. So I just went there and hung out with them for a bit. Nice. And, you know, mooched off their free food. And now I'm back and in the heat and uh, bringing the heat. See? Yeah. There's your segue. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you could be doing worse. You could need to fill your gas tank. All right, so James and Tyler, what are you guys up? James, you're you're chilling in Jersey as usual. Oh, what a be- beautiful weekend. Beautiful weekend. I had a one-year-old birthday party I had to go to yesterday. Got beautiful, to jump in Peter. a pool because it was 90 degrees here in Jersey. And, uh, yeah, today I did yard work upon yard work upon yard work. Uh, climbed my ass up a 25-foot ladder twice. Scared out of my mind. That's actually uh, double that. for James because he's like five four. So that's yeah, two and a half stories. Yeah, it's like fifty. <laughs> it was fifty foot. It was fifty, 50 foot, foot for James. By the end of this podcast, it'll probably be like two hundred foot ladder that I had to climb up on. But um, it's like a stairway yeah. to heaven, right there. You know, I'm hey, Italian. no we Like to exaggerate just a little bit. Uh, but yeah, no, it was a great weekend. Spent it with the family, of course, and then I get to talk to my other family here on the Dynasty Happy Hour. So. Yeah, man. Tyler, did you any do yard work? You didn't look very sunny because I don't see you don't look too red to me. So you haven't been outside much. <laughs> I I am burnt. You just can't tell because I'm so uh, white to start off with. It out. So it, I'm so white. Now I'm just normal. I'm, I'm everybody's norm. And that's that's burnt for me. No, uh, we spent a lot of time outside. Uh, 
I, you know, I coached soccer on Saturdays. We had a soccer game. That was fun. And then went outside today with the kids, played a little soccer with them. Cause we have a couple just training nets set up in the backyard and yeah, just, just hung out, did some family stuff and had a, nice. had a pretty good low key weekend. I'm going to give you a dedicated dad story real quick before we get into some news. Uh, my son, we signed up, we pre-registered him for summer camp uh, a couple months ago. And in the email, they got, make sure you're there early. We only have so many spots, yada, yada, yada. So they opened up at one o'clock. I talked to my buddy whose son went to camp last year. He's like, yeah, I'd probably get there like a half an hour early. And I was like, I get there two hours early, 11 a.m. I'm the sixth person in line. What? So I stood in line, 90 degree. I got a bottle of water with me. I got my phone. I had great conversation with some new folks that I met. Stood in line for two hours. I got used to the heat after about 45 minutes. Um, And you know what? They only had seven spots available for all. So you can get in all the weeks in the summer. And I was number six. So I did the good dad thing. And I got my son enrolled for the whole summer in summer camp and cost me a pretty penny. Wrote the check, smiled and left. That's my good dad story of the day. That was my good deed and power washing and getting the pool ready. And they they call that waiting in line. It's called an exercise for Disney. It should be like training for Disney. (laughs) 90 degree heat. Standing in line, yeah, but there was Two no, hours. there was no thrill ride at the end. It was just me getting in my truck and driving home. So yeah, but you got I mean, satisfaction, you know. I I did. I felt I felt like I did. You know, I was glad I didn't listen to my buddy, and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna go even earlier because the email just had the tone of like, you better get here. I'm gonna listen to this email. Uh, all right, let's get into some news. We do have, you know, it's kind of a dead, dead portion of the season. We've got some, you know, mini camps, rookie camps, and things like that. The rookie symposium was this weekend, so you might have seen some of the cool pictures of that um so we got some giants news so james right in your backyard and bobby you're not too far from there either uh Kadarius tony is recovering from off-season knee surgery uh so he missed voluntary otas earlier this month and there was a little to do about that and supposedly the team was mad at him i don't know if it was related but after undergoing a, a knee scope uh he, off-season rumors of the giants were shopping tony and that suggests that there might be concerns with how healthy he is, as scopes can be precursors to future injuries. Tony's attending all the offseason workouts, but he wasn't cleared to practice. And the Giants expect Tony to be ready for training camp. Now, we all heard the Tony rumors. They drafted him in the first round last year. Uh, they draft Wandale Robinson, who's Wandale. a, who's a, I would say, a similar player, like just really hard to tackle in a phone booth. And Tony Geely. And Tony's probably the, one of the shiftiest players I've ever seen. Just some of his highlights from last year. Dude's crazy. Um, so I'll go to James first. Uh, what do you think on this Kadarius Tony news? Is it just like hot air that we're just looking for news and we're making it a thing? Or do you think it's not a big deal? I don't think it's a big deal as far as, uh, his future. I think he can just keep going the way he's going. He, he plays in fifth gear all the time. Anyway, uh, he may be one of those fast out of the league players due to it. You know, the, the go hard, go heavy, go now. Um, But I also look at it right now as a buying opportunity because he's still a first round draft pick. We saw what he could do on the field when he is healthy. There's going to be time for him on the field this year. He's going to get, he's probably going to be a starter as long as his knee's good. And and it's still early enough in the year that I think that even if he were to miss the first week of the season, he could pick up right where he left off last year. You know, he didn't start the year last year as well. So. Yeah. So, Bobby, I own Kadarius Tony, and you're going to make me an offer of rookie picks only. What would you offer right now for Kadarius Tony if you were interested on in buying low per se? 
That's well, so I'm glad you qualified by saying buying low because I was about to give you the John Bosch offer of like, should I offer you what I actually wanted to offer Mitchell, or should I give Mitchell you what Trubisky the market values him at? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, if you're buying low, I would say like, I really like the second round picks this year. But even if you go to like that mid to late second rounder and you can get Tony back for that, I think that's a good point. I'm actually very happy that James is here because I feel like this is the first time I've talked to someone else who actually likes Tony. Every time I talk about him, people are like, oh, he's a bonehead. He's injured. He's not going to do well. And I try not to be biased towards Giants. In fact, I generally try not to roster them in fantasy because it's a chance to disappoint me twice. But when watching Tony on the field, to James' point, he was absolutely electric with the ball in his hands. And so if he can stay healthy, and I realize right now that is somewhat of a question mark, with that improved O-line, you're getting someone who's going to be the top target on the Giants without question. There's no one else in that wide receiver room except maybe our boy, Wandale, who we're purposely mispronouncing his name, who can do the things that Tony does. Galladay, as much as I hate to say it, is probably washed. Uh, Shepard's coming off injury, and he's my personal favorite player, but he's also probably pretty washed. So they're going to find ways to get Tony involved. And if you're getting him for that mid to late second range, I like it. The only reason I didn't say like earlier second is because there's still some wide receivers who I think maybe have a little more upside than he does at that range. Yeah, and I think where he was drafted last year was in that mid to more late second. So the owner might be like, I can break even here and just wash my hands of it. Um, and I don't, you know, I think that's a good a good way to play it. I traded Kadarius Tony to Tyler last year, and he gave me Michael Pittman and Christian Kirk in a deal when Tony was hot in the streets. And I laughed oh, yeah. my way to the bank on that one. Thanks, Ouch. Tyler. Love hey, it's you, all right. Hey, you make some bad trades and you win some. Oh well. Yeah, Tyler, Tyler likes to make trades. I do. There was um, there were some people saying that Tony was worth like two firsts during some of that like run that he went on, and I was just like, yeah. I like the guy, but even you're going a little too crazy there. Yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head when you when you said mid to late second. Um, he's pretty close to like a George Pickens ceiling. I know I see Jalen Tolbert going early. Like I can, I don't know if I would take. I would probably have Tony over Tolbert right now. The way Tolbert's stock has been rising in the, in the starting to creep into the early second round, I would rather go Kadarius Tony there. So, yeah, you hit the nail on the head, mid-second, late-second. I'm okay with that. I would definitely take him over, Tolbert. We can Absolutely. get into this later, but I would also probably take him over, even though he's going in the late first. I would take him over uh, Tyler's boy, James Cook, too. Ooh. Blasphemy. Yeah, that's, that's oh, bad, I can't wait for take. later. Let's go. All right, let's that's a bad go. take, but let's we'll keep move it. On. Let's keep it moving. We we go from uh you know Bobby and James's team to my team. So the athletics Jeff Howe reports Patriots coaches are ecstatic about Mac Jones' off-season dedication. He spent long hours at Gillette Stadium, often beating the coaching staff in the building to get a jump start on film study for the day. Wowzers, it's all sunshine and rainbows for Mac Jones, guys. Let's go. I will tell you, though, Mac Jones, a sneaky. I think he had five QB1 games last year. Sneaky. Here's the thing I think about the Patriots. I think Mac Jones in Superflex um, is a buy because a lot of other these quarterbacks are getting pumped up. Uh, I know a lot of people are off Mac Jones because of Matt Patricia being involved with the offensive line, Joe Judge being involved with the offense. You guys know about Joe Judge. Um, so there's a lot of like scary stuff. You know, the Patriots don't have that standout offensive star. They have a lot of solid players and Jacoby Myers and Kendrick Bourne. They draft Tyquan Thornton, who I'm sure we'll talk about later. 
Um, they've got all the running backs, so it seems like they want to run the football. And Jonu Smith, disappointing in his first big free agent year, but Hunter Henry was solid. Here's the thing on Mac Jones. He's never going to be the sexiest pick or player, but he's going to be a rock-solid QB2 in Superflex with QB1 weeks. And I think that that should hold a lot of value. A lot like Kirk Cousins was early on, and now Kirk Cousins has actually more QB1 weeks than he does QB2 weeks, it seems, nowadays. Um, but one of those guys, and uh, I think that people look at him, they look at the team situation, and they might want to get out from underneath Mac Jones. Um, and that might open up some buying opportunity like we see here for Kadarius Tony. I know it's positive about Mac Jones, but I think a lot of people are just like, what are the Patriots doing? And I trust Mac Jones. I think he's talented. He's not going to light the world on fire, but he's going to be rock solid. Tyler, what do you think about that? Uh, real quick, if I may, because I just want to do it while it's fresh. So I was just talking to my brother-in-law who's in town from Boston, and he's a Patriots fan. And we were talking nice. about Mac Jones, coincidentally. And he said, I think he has like Kirk Cousins upside. So I, that just must be like the line of Patriots fans right now. I, I, yeah, a, we didn't even talk. It was just, you know, it's just It's there. the line of mediocrity when it comes to quarterbacks. That's the Kirk Cousins. It's a Mendoza That's line, but totally they call it fair. Kirk Cousins. Honestly, it's the same with Pickett, who we might mention tonight. Like the line of he's not super, superstar potential in fantasy, but he's good. And that's the Kirk Cousins line. And I think that's where the comparisons go for guys like Pickett and Mac Jones, which honestly, I I don't get. Like, we all passed on Mac Jones last year, and we are kicking ourselves for like, oh, no, we're going to take him early second. And you know what? Teams who need a quarterback are sitting there thinking, I would trade almost half of the, the first-round picks for Mac Jones just to get a quarterback, a quarterback too. And we're doing the same thing with Pickett. I I was talking to Bobby about this on Twitter. Like we are passing on these P, on these quarterbacks who we think are quote unquote average, and yet they're safe. We know they're safe. They've got a decent floor, but yet we're sitting here thinking to ourselves, "Oh, we'd rather take a chance on this on this wide receiver who could be a wide receiver three. Why? Why do we do the same thing every year? Why do we do this? I don't get it. Like Pickett should be 105, 106, but yet he's falling to 109, 110. I don't like Pickett, so for no for no reason. Like that's a thing. People don't like him because he's not splashy. And it was the same thing for Mac Jones. Mac Jones threw three passes in a game last year. Three. And, and yet his value is worth what? A first round plus? Probably still just a first round. It depends what first. Like if you approach someone right now and said, Will you trade the 101 for Mac Jones? I'm going to guess that they're taking Brees Hall regardless of whether oh, they need a quarterback yeah. or not. Even I think one people would take Pickett at 109. I think if someone you're on the board and you had and Pickett was available and you said, you know what, I'll I'll take Mac Jones and you can take Pickett. I think people would do that. I'd rather have Mac Jones. Yeah, I mean, the in my opinion, Pickett has a rushing ability unlike Mac Jones, but I think Mac Jones probably has a better decision making so depending on who you like i mean you could trade the pick that you plan on taking picket with to get mac jones it all depends on who you like better the safe safe floor because mac jones i think is going to be there for 15 years he's their quarterback should be and and picket in my opinion is going to be there for 15 years because they saw this kid day in day out Under, I, I bet he i bet he doesn't make it out of his rookie contract I mean wow. that that's a that's a lot of hatred for I don't like I'll, I'll play the opposite side here. I would take Pickett over Mac Jones. I'll back Tyler up a bit because Fair. 
on like, or sorry, go ahead, James. I, I was going to say, I mean, I, I would diversify a little bit because we're, we're splitting hairs here. We really are. I mean, it's just, it comes down to system play. They're both going to be a quarterback in this league. Obviously, Mac Jones is pretty comfortable, and we're all comfortable saying that he's going to be the franchise quarterback in New England. Uh, so they have years to put to build around him. Kenny Pickett, yet unproven questions about his hand size. We all know that. You know, he's a favorite uh, slider. Tyler Slider there. Uh, if you guys, by the way, Joe Burrow, Joe Bear, Joe Burrow barely scratched past nine inches. People forget about that. Yeah, I, I think I, I, it, I'm not, it's I'm not Burrow. I'm not go, degrading. Go measure, go measure your hands nine and inches. tell me if that little tiny bit matters. I mean, I have a lot of shares That's of Mac Jones, said. and I think I wish I would have traded some of them for more Kenny Pickett because I'm, I'm, we'll get into this a little bit, but. I don't have very many shares of Kenny Pickett. And I think, you know, they went and got him in the first round for a reason, you know, and it's, it's the, he okay. has weapons too. Cause, the they, cause they didn't, cause they didn't read the room. Right. But they, they he does waited. have Trubisky in front of him. Did they? Though, and that is a question mark. So in my opinion, that organization knows what they're getting. They saw him every day. This organization is one of the most stable organizations ever. Same with the Patriots. The Patriots are a very well-run organization. You know and that Kenny Pickett and Roethlisberger sh shared the same training facility and they didn't talk to each other once in four years? That's probably because Big Ben. I mean, it's just weird. let's be honest. Big Ben is not the best teammate. You don't know that. Have you ever played with him? I've heard. We've heard. We've heard from Antonio. Well, Antonio Brown's not a great You're going to take You're Antonio, Antonio, Brown's, Antonio word. Brown's word. Come Dude, on. But honestly, honestly. Just take your I, jersey off and walk through the tunnel already, Tyler. I, You're done. <laughs> I am going to take the word of an organization that is very well put together. Like that. That's it. And and they had their pick of the litter. Yes. Could they have tr tr like traded back and gotten him? Sure. But you know what? They went with what they wanted their guy and i get like the corpse of big ben was quarterback what 13 so let's be real here kenny pickett has more upside than that well so brian Har made this point on another podcast and i will say it again because i think it's actually worth repeating i think the steelers legitimately did not want another marine ocean where there's a guy oh, yeah. a local kid coming out of pit and they don't take sense. him and he goes on to have a hall of fame career so they were like we have to take this guy just in case. And Marino went at the end of the first, right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. But that said, we always say this. The Steelers have weapons right now. And sure, that could change in the future. But we always say the Steelers know how to draft wide receivers. George Pickett. So I'm not worried about stud. Pickett's weapons. <laughs> Austin. Mac Jones. The Patriots have kind of shown as long as Bill Belichick is there, they don't <laughs> know how to draft Thompson. wide receivers. This is fact. Oh, yeah. And so I am a little concerned about his weapons and I am concerned that the idea is, and it's not just the three pass game, but I'm concerned. The idea is let's just have this guy be a game manager, but we'll rely on our multiple running back room that we always use or we'll rely on our strong defense that we always have and our special teams and we'll win games that way. And it's not going to be an aired out type offense. I think Pickett has the chance to have an aired out type offense. And so I'll bet on that upside of him over Mac Jones. I will also say that I'm very biased here because before the draft, before even the NFL draft, I got approached by our good friend, and I'm sure he's a friend of the show too, Zach Reed, Tacit Assassin 13 oh, yeah. on Twitter. Of course. And he sent me a trade of Tom Brady 
and the 109 for Mac Jones, which I smash accepted because I was like, this is completely fair and I'm sure I can get something else here. And so I got Tom Brady and Kenny Pickett and I was very happy with that because I really, I didn't really need the QB upgrade, but I was still happy to get someone I could compete with and someone in the future. But honestly, I think even if after the NFL draft, he were to have approached me and said, I'll give you a picket straight up for Mac Jones, I'm pretty sure I would have taken it. Yeah. And, and also another thing, Doug, you're going to like this. Pickett helps out Najee Harris and humongously helps out Pat Fryermuth. Like those two, I think, had the biggest, like we all worried about Najee and Trubisky because Trubisky, let's be real. Like we saw him, he doesn't throw to a running back often or well especially if it's to his left like if if the running back goes out to the left he ain't thrown there he threw a lot to Tariq cohen though didn't he yeah but r.i.p by the n- way not to his left we all know trubisky can't throw to the left but it for me pat fryermuth gets a huge huge uptick and in my in my opinion i i think that it helps out the offense as a whole and the offensive line because the offensive line was like we need to block this five foot radius where Big Ben is not moving out of. And if we can't do that, we're screwed. Pickett at least has mobility. And also we we've seen I think a lot of the scrutiny comes from well, Pickett didn't play well his first three years and so on and so forth. Pickett really helped himself this past year, but you know what? That's all we want in players is to get better and to see them get better. And he did, and he's a first round pick. So I'm I'm happy with taking him as my quarterback two or three in a league and and rolling with him. All right, let's well, Tyler's point. One quick thing, sorry, Doug. You're Tyler's right. point. The biggest cheap cheat code in Superflex the past X number of years, and this has been at least as long as I've been playing, is essentially taking the quarterback that the community at large hates in the late Josh first Allen. and just watching yeah. them rise in value. Hundred, 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 hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, just quick news. We'll go over it like two seconds. Uh, the Panthers supposedly still in the market for a veteran quarterback, whether that's Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield. It could be either one. There's supposedly going to be some Deshaun Watson suspension news coming up next month in June. Um, so that might give us a better understanding of Baker. It's going to be really weird, right? Like if Watson gets suspended for eight games and like Baker's our starter, like that's going to go over real well, right? Um I'm here for the drama because it's Cleveland and I'm, I don't have any, uh, you know, and it's Baker. I mean, Baker loves drama. Yeah. So uh, I would love to see Baker go to Carolina or Jimmy either way. It, you know, it opened up my Trey Lance uh, roster ships in, in a big way. So I would like that a lot, but Garoppolo's shoulder injury is, is was really major and it's not great. And that's probably why he didn't get traded um, already. Teams probably want to see him throw post-surgery before they make a commitment and trade a fifth round pick for him. Cause they have to take on his $25 million a year. Good luck with that. Carolina, not the way to go. Anywho, just stick with Darnold and coral. And you'll be no. fine. Do you think they, they, you know how they drafted coral and the rookie stuff went on. Do you think they like, you know, we're out on Baker and then they saw him throwing they're like, you know what? Maybe Baker's not such a bad choice. <laughs> also possible. We shall uh, see. It's just listed as Carolina still does, has no idea what they're doing with their franchise. It's, it's Matt, Matt Ja Rule. Yeah. Murder. All right. So before we get on to our most owned 2022 rookies, I want to give a shout out to our longest standing sponsor, Trophy Smack, which I did see was hosting a Scott Fishbowl 12 live draft in their corporate office. That is awesome. So good job to Matt and team. But right now you can upgrade your fantasy league today. Go on trophysmack.com, whether you play fantasy football, 
hockey, basketball, baseball, soccer. You can completely customize any trophy they have on there. And Trophy Smack always has the right trophy for you. You can use code DHH ring, get a free $60 championship ring with your purchase of a trophy or a belt, which I think that didn't they see that they had red belts? Is that a new color? Everything. I, it's fully customizable now. I, yeah, I, so, I would love to know what their belts look like. That'd be that'd be nice to see what the belts look like. <laughs> yeah. You shut you shut you shut your mouth. All right, they also have stuff for the losers of your league. Like if you're Tyler and you're losing leagues and you, you want to get him a toilet or a, a giant rubber turd, you can absolutely do that as well. And once again, that code is DHH ring for that free ring at checkout. All right, boys, we are on to our most owned twenty two rookies now. I'm the least exciting out of anybody because I didn't have a lot of early picks. The picks that I made are all like fourth rounders. So I'm not going to start or maybe I even should, but I'm going to go to, I'm going to close my eyes. Let's go to our guest first. Let's go to Bobby. Who is your most owned 2022 rookie thus far? So it's a three-way tie between Jahan Dotson, Kenny Pickett, who we already talked about and one Dale, otherwise known as one Dolly Robinson. Um, if you've listened to me on other podcasts, I've hyped up Dotson a lot. I also talked to JJ Zachariasen. I might have just butchered how you pronounce his last Zachariasen. name. Zachariasen. about this uh, on Twitter. And we it got into this whole like size thing again. Apparently, Twitter is just obsessed with sizing on everything. Although Size but, and age. Size and age. Uh, yep. <laughs> um, the one thing I will say is I think the hate on Dotson has gone way too far. People forget that situations change really, really quickly. Wentz is not going to be there forever. Terry McLaurin is probably looking at the money Christian Kirk just got and going, I want that or I'm out of here. And so there's a realistic opportunity that Dotson is the number one wide receiver for one of these QBs that we're excited about in next year's class as early as next. And I am very in on that, especially because I keep getting him at like the 204 in my rookie drafts or like 202. Um, the argument was also him versus David Bell, by the way. And I kept saying that I I like David Bell, but I would take Dotson over David Bell every single time. Yeah, Even, the ceiling for Dotson is way higher. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I like to diversify too, but this is one of those situations you could offer me the choice of Bell versus Dotson a hundred times. A hundred times I'm taking Dotson. Love it. What about, so we talked about Kenny Pickett and Wandale. Uh, Talk to me about that because I found that he's been a, a massive draft value. I feel like a lot of people have steered clear of him. I in an IDP league that I'm in, I just got him in the late fourth, middle of fourth round, um, and I was ecstatic that he was there because I was like, you know what, draft capital. I like the player. I liked him when we did our rookie mocks early. Like I was big. I had him in the mid. I think I picked him in the mid second on our early rookie mocks. Um, so I like him a lot. So he seems to be sliding quite a bit. He really is, and. The thing about it is, again, it's a size thing where people are like, oh, he's so short and he is short. But the other thing is sample sizes matter as well as just the fact that cutoffs matter. And so people who I trust that are analytics people have essentially shown that like he's not that different profile wise from some of the other guys who have come out and succeeded. Again, they are somewhat smaller guys, but they have succeeded at the NFL level. The thing that makes me excited about him is even though we talked about Tony earlier, this is the guy that this new Giants regime went out and drafted with, to your point, high draft capital. And so it's possible that they do move on from Tony and then he could be the only guy that's really around next year and could be the number one target for the Giants. He could be the number two. 
I even think, and I realize this is me like being rose colored glasses because it's preseason and camp hasn't really started yet. But if you can get both Tony and Wendell on the field at the same time, that's such a matchup nightmare for defenses and seems to be the way that the NFL is trending. So even if he's the other guy to Tony, I still think he'll be very involved. And I personally thought I was stealing him, getting him at the late second of drafts. I keep seeing people now tweeting at me being like, oh, I got him in the third. And I'm like, what is the rest of your league doing? Who are they taking in the third round that they're more excited about? Yeah, it's. I'm looking, I'm searching. While you were talking, I was searching for a Wondale Robinson tweet. And I will look for it as we get on to the next person. It was... Scott Simpson posted a, like who our guest last week. He posted a joke of a picture and it kind of cut Wandale Robinson in half almost. And he's at the podium and the podium's at his nose. Yeah. I, I mean, is he 5'11? Is he 5'7? As long as he can play, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> that is very, very true. So I agree. And the I'll, I'll jump in here on the value of Wandale, Wandale Robinson. My one share of one dollar Robinson, 14 team. I got him at the 305. Yeah, like, that's crazy. That's a steal. That's another one of those, like, what is the rest? Who that is one that, and you can tell me after the show because I realize I'm putting you on the spot, but I just want to know in a 14 team or especially, who is the rest of your league taking in the third that they prefer to his upside there? Uh, Alec Pierce went 301, Jerome Ford 302, oh. Keontae Ingram. 303 right, Greg okay. Dolchik 304 and it's a non uh it's a single QB no tight Even end worse. premium I mean Pierce, Pierce I'm like okay with I could understand the argument somewhat the other guys you mentioned though you're really taking them over him I just don't get it yeah Tyquan Thornton way ahead who yeah, would do that <laughs> that's crazy too Bill Belichick probably was drafted in that league Dumbass. All right, let's move to James. James, who are your top uh, rostered rookies? <sighs> maybe by design, maybe by not, but it's Kyron Williams running back for the That's Los Angeles design. Rams. Uh, yeah, you know, I scouted this kid out of high school. Uh, out of high school, <laughs> pretty much the way my love for him is. Uh, I, I scouted him shares. to Notre Dame. Yeah, I scouted him all the way to Notre Dame. Uh, no, I fell in love with this film, and you guys know I did. I talked about it pre-combine, and guess what the combine kind of helped him fall a lot so i was grabbing him in the end of the third round beginning of the fourth round i've seen him go late fourth round and you know what i'll take a shot because it's the system we know mcveigh likes to rotate things in the backfield he has good hands hey if that's all the work he gets right now i'm okay with that we've seen matthew stafford drop down to DeAndre Swift, plenty, not not comparing the two. They are not the same running back. But, I mean, it's it's worth the the value that I'm getting him at. My second most, uh, it's a tie between Garrett Wilson, Sam Howell, and Sky Moore. I have three shares of each of them. Garrett Wilson was falling from Graceland uh, in one of the, my home leagues, and I got him at the 108. I don't know, in a super flex league, some guy took Kenny Pickett at the 106. Um, so, you know, whatever. Smart man. Yeah. Um, but And then Sam Howell, I, I see him going late, and he's the guy that I'm taking a stab on because guess what? I really liked his film. I like the way he plays. He plays with a chip on his shoulder. 
We saw how good he was when he had weapons around him in Diami Brown, and he had a good running back in Javante Williams and Michael Carter. Got the kicking ball. So I'm on that. And then you guys know my love about Sky Moore. If if you haven't heard it yet, go back to previous episodes because I'm all over him. So what you're saying is Sam Howell to Jahan Dotson. I don't hate it. And and uh, uh, and the simple fact that you talked about Terry McLaurin, I think he stays in Washington. There's no way he doesn't get paid. And then they move on from Carson Wentz next year or even later this year when they're out of playoff contention and we see Howell take the reins. Yeah, I do think Howell will get an addition at some point this year just because yeah. yeah. Wentz has kind of shown that he's just And you got him, and he's the latest quarterback going off the board, and yet he's going to be a starting quarterback at some point. So, question. Uh, Sam Howell in the rookie premiere, he looks exactly like Baker Mayfield. Are we just being fooled by Baker Mayfield and he's just pulling a Garth Brooks chip ga- <laughs> chip gains or whatever his name was? Oh, type God, with the, with the comb over? It's yeah. So Are we getting fooled by Baker here? Is that why he's kind of like, I'm not playing for the Browns? Because I'm on Washington Commanders. <laughs> Oh, I found the tweet I was looking for before I give you my top owned rookies that are very unsexy. Uh, I'll, I'll give shout out to at David Zach. Uh, it's a list of the first early declare wide receiver taken in each second round of the NFL draft over the last six years. It was Michael Thomas in 2016, followed by Curtis Samuel, Christian Kirk, AJ Brown, T Higgins, Elijah Moore. And then in 2022, Wandale Robinson, not a bad company to be involved with. So I thought that was a fun tweet as I was going through and researching some stuff for Wandale Robinson. He's the biggest truther out there, by the way. I'm good friends with David, and he is all in on Wandale and is basically like, if this doesn't work out, my career is over. (laughs) Dante Moncrief, dead on a hill. I love it. it. I'm still rotten on that Moncrief hill. I'm right next. We're holding hands. We're holding hands. Dead. Doug, Doug was dead. Doug was oh. opposite Titanic. He goes, "There's enough room on this on this Good, door for on, you. you could, yeah, come on in. Come die on this Moncrief. Is that why me. I got in on this show? Is that why you guys asked me to be here? Because you know, if I would have known that, I may have said no. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we Fair. needed help on the hill, even though the hill. I'm not is supporting just, Moncrief or the hill that you guys die no, on. From there it. is no hill. It's a volcano. Well, I mean, it's you know, Denzel Mims is on that hill. I guess I'll join you there because I was all over Denzel. Hey, well, Leonte Carew's on a on a. Hey, uh, a hill somewhere. Hey, James, on there at least so. Moncrief did something in the NFL. <laughs> That's true. All right, let's move on. Them's I'm going to give word. you. I'm going to give you my uh, sexy list. So in four leagues, my top two rookies <laughs> that are rostered. Ready for this? New York Giants fans. Daniel Bellinger is uh, my number one with four roster ships. And the reason I took Bellinger late, it's mostly in tight end premium leagues, is because uh, who's in front of him? Ricky Seals-Jones and Jordan Akins. Okay. Like, maybe Bellinger, he's got a good draft profile. They they spent decent draft capital on him. I liked him as a prospect. So taking him late, I think I took him in the fifth round in pretty much every, every one of these leagues. To take a late stab on Bellinger, you know I'm a tight end guy, so I like to try to take a stab on a guy late if I can. And the second guy that's rostered on four uh, is an undrafted free agent. I've picked him up in, in every league. It's Kevin Austin from Jacksonville. And the reason I picked up Austin, if you follow the the Raz scores, um, which I know a lot of NFL teams are actually following that now, uh, Kevin Austin ranked extremely high. I think he was like a 98 percentile athlete and didn't get drafted, but he had some, some maybe some personal red flags. I, but can, tell, I can tell you all about him. <laughs> Do it. 
No, he's a Notre Dame guy. So that's true. When I was campus, when I played campus Canton leagues with like Travis May and stuff, I actually traded him straight up for I don't know if you guys remember uh, Nagata from Clemson, the receiver that was really super hyped, huge prospect. I traded him for Kevin Austin, and it was like a landslide for the uh, the Clemson receiver. And I, everybody's like, "Why would you do this?" Well, it's because I'm an Notre Dame fan, and I like cheering for my teams. And also, this guy was a super high recruit, one of the highest wide receiver recruits to go to Notre Dame. Like the kid's a stud. He had classroom troubles. The guy didn't really go to class, fell behind, and then kind of got caught at a party and stuff. So they're like, okay, you're not going to school. You're partying. We're suspending you. They suspended him for, for a season. Like that was it. Came back, played pretty well, showed some, showed some upside uh, this past season, but kid is super athletic. And, and if you're going the Isaiah Crowell route, you got to follow, you got to follow the recruiting. And if he's a super high high school recruit and he just kind of fell on some bad times and was able to come back, me personally, I would take a risk on that all the time. Yeah. So I've been picking him up for free after first run UDFA waivers. So I'm like, you know what? I got spots on my taxi, stash him and see what happens. Why not? Uh, so the next, the next tier of guys I've got, I've got uh, four players that are owned in, or that are rostered in three leagues. One is Grant Calcaterra, tight end from Philadelphia. Again, now, do you want to save these for the third and fourth round guys? Or are you just, no, <laughs> yeah. I won't. Uh, so I've got one that I've got one that I've been taking in the third round. And I Jalen Tolbert, I've been finding to me the end of second, early thirds has been slipping to me. And it's been after like guys like Wandale in these leagues have actually been taken. And I find Tolbert to be a value every single time. And then the last two, Pierre Strong Jr. from the Patriots. I really like his profile. Um, I think that Damian Harris is going to be gone after this year. And it's going to be Ramondre, Pierre Strong, Kevin Harris, and God knows who else. Um, but I like Pierre Strong a lot. I know a lot of people pre-draft process were like, he's this year's Elijah Mitchell, no matter where he goes. I don't know about all that, but I do like Pierre Strong quite a bit. And then the last guy that I have is uh, is one of those late guys. It's Kennedy Brooks. And I was actually listening to the Audible uh, while I was out um, power washing yesterday. And Matt Waldman, all about Kennedy Brooks. I was like, okay, I did good here because I picked him up as a UDFA in a bunch of leagues. Philadelphia, he made really good points. They're not super sold on Miles Sanders. They don't have another running back on the roster that can do the things Kennedy Brooks does from a size perspective. Jordan Howard's no longer there. They have Boston Scott, who is who he is, and they have um, Kenny Gainwell to catch passes. Um, but he really liked Kennedy Brooks, and he said if he was more athletic, he would have ranked him as the number one running back in this class if his athleticism was better. And from coming from Waldman, now I know Waldman's He's a great scout. I know he's had some hits and he's had some misses. What was it? What was that uh, receiver that he said it was like the best ever? Then he went to Arizona. Um, Hakeem Butler. Hakeem Butler. Hakeem Butler. He had there's a Butler lot of people. His number one guy he'd seen in years. Now, obviously, that didn't that didn't hit. Um, Tight so end Hakeem Butler. <laughs> he is now. I think for Philadelphia actually. Um, so I've got Kennedy Brooks in a bunch of spots because he seems like a guy to me that he could take over that backfield. We don't know. And I'm not spending anything for him. He's sitting yeah. on my taxi. These are the type of moves that you want to make um, post-draft. So those that's my non-exciting top rostered players. We'll get into the, the bottom halves as we go on here. Um, but yeah, cool. Let's go to Tyler. I know yeah, who his number I, one is. I got Kennedy Brooks. 
in four leagues. So at 36% and same thing, he's a free agent. I, I put in a dollar bid on him and get him UDPL. I knew there was going to be a couple of people in after him. So I had to up the bid and I, and I snagged him up. So I'm, I'm happy about that. Mm-hmm. And I also have miles Sanders in the league, but like, like you said, miles Sanders, it just seems like he's the guy kind of he's stuck. Never in the gonna, mud. He's never going to live up to what we thought he's, he was going to be. He's he, he died. So Antonio Gibson could die. <laughs> like that's pretty much <laughs> it. <laughs> we had this conversation last week about miles Sanders. I traded him and I wound up getting Damian Pierce and I'm, I'm really happy I mean, about I'd it. I'd rather have miles Sanders than Damian Pierce, but that's another Same. story. We shall see. <laughs> we shall see. Uh, yeah, my number one overall rookie is James Cook, and I've either drafted him or I've traded for him, and I'm happy to do so. Uh, for me, it's the offense. It's the skill set. It's the athleticism. I know he's 199 pounds, and I was telling these guys, if he was 200 pounds, it would be different. It, everybody would be like, oh, my God, he's 200 pounds. He could be a three-down back. But they see the one, and then it's almost like they – drop them down 30 pounds. It's, it's like, like the, I, it's like when things are priced at 99 cents instead of a dollar because yes. they're like, Oh, it's under a dollar. hundred percent. And mental. you know what? And you know what? There's been tons of backs that have been like two Oh eight that we've mentally have been like, this could be a three down back. I don't want James cook to be a three down back. I want him to be used like Alvin Kamara. I want him to be used like Eckler. That's how I want him. If, if James cook is used, like I think he's going to be used maybe averaging like five catches a game. That's what I want. I don't need him to run the ball. I just want him to catch passes and that's what they're going to use him for. The bills don't run the ball. He landed the perfect spot to be who he is. And guess what? He's not Delvin cook, but he has one trait that it fits Delvin and he can slip through a hole in the line. Like that's half a foot wide. Delvin's great at that. It's almost like there's no spot for a holy crap. He gets real skinny. Yeah. He gets super skinny. And James the same way. You and know, he doesn't lose speed when he does it either. His body control is bananas. 100%. 100%. James Cook, yes, he gets tripped up a little easier. But you know what? Why not learn from your brother how to run in the NFL? One of the best running backs in the league. I'm not saying he's going to be Delvin Cook. I'm not saying he's going to be Austin Eckler. What I'm saying is he could be the best running back in this class in, according to fantasy football. And what do we want from running backs? We want them to catch passes. James Cook is in the best spot for that. He is the best running back for that in this draft class. Best route runner, best hands. It's a, it's a match made in heaven, and yet he'll be, we are. He'll be Dawson Cookler. We are literally downgrading him for no reason for that pound. And, and I think I think it's because we just we just don't want like oh he's going at 108, 107. Give me Chris Olave. Okay, great. You got a wide receiver three. <laughs> like, why why i get some people like olave but i in my personal opinion cook has the most value to gang in this class next to kenny pickett where he's going to drafts cook could be valued at 101 next year he could be val. in my opinion i think he's safe enough to where he could be valued at i don't know a late first next year even if you want to get out i don't think his value is going anywhere in my opinion but people think he's James White. Just because he's got the first name doesn't mean he's that player. He is more explosive than James White, and he can do more in this offense. It, it just annoys the crap out of me how people are so. Sounds just... like it. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say. I think Bobby has something to say. 
I know. I've gone on multiple podcasts now and said that James Cook is basically this year's Keyshawn Vaughn or like Clyde but Edwards. Completely Hilaire. different player. Completely so different player. He might be a different player and it might be just a talent thing, but show me a time that the Bills have ever really targeted the running back as part of their game as different offensive coordinator. McCoy. I mean, situations change, sure, but coach tendencies tend to stay the same. You are bringing a new offensive coordinator, which I yeah. acknowledge. Dorsey, I think it is the old Miami Hurricanes quarterback. And the concern about Cook is not just the weight thing, because don't get me wrong, I get it. I earlier made the argument for one Dale and said, like, our arbitrary cutoffs are not that good. That said, his college numbers aren't like eye popping by any means. And he had trouble beating out his own teammates. It, you're no, telling no, no, me, no, 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 you're no. telling me the guy that had trouble beating out Zamir white is suddenly going to be the, I like, don't think it was a situation where he was going to beat him Boom. up. He had totally different roles. Yeah. And that, yeah. and also Georgia, Texas A&M, these sec schools and programs, unlike Alabama use their running backs sparingly. They don't want to give them touches because they are actually holding them for the NFL. There's coaches admitting that, that they have three running backs that they use in rotation to save their legs for their professional career. I mean, that's fair, but at least personally, I like to see a lot more college production from guys that I'm going to be hyped about, especially like Zach Moss. There's lots of college production from Zach Moss. (laughs) Yeah, that's true too. But I will will make you a bet that he is not 101 or 102 for sure. I will I'm also this class like he could be worth more than Brees. Yeah, Hall. I will still say he will not be one one or one two in this class next year. So Tyler, if you just to put it into perspective, like if you have rookie drafts left, I don't know how many leagues you're in. I have one draft left, and if I have you have the one oh two. Are you going to go out and acquire James Cook or if I do not have the one oh two, but I have one oh I have one oh six, and I am going for him. I think it's. Yeah, I think I like James Cook. I liked him. I liked his profile. I liked his skill set. We know who he is. He's a pass he catching nice. back that is going to yeah. He smells good. Um, Great know, first always, name. Always grimaces. Um, but, James and James was a cook, so it's per- yeah. a perfect fit. But no, I I think it's easier to say that he is the value running back when he wasn't the number one or number two in the class, and the way isn't. he was falling. I've seen him fall in the, into the second round, and yeah. I don't know. Maybe that's because people don't know who he is. They don't trust him. They don't trust the system. Like. In Buffalo, who knows? But if you did get him in the second round, you got him at a value. If you got him at the end of the first round, I don't have a problem with it. Because if I need a running back, if my team needs running back and I draft by need, then I'm cool with taking him over a wide receiver three. I'm happy about that. I'd rather have a running back two than a wide receiver three on my team. Yeah. I I think he fits very well in that pass first offense. I think he will be utilized as such. I think there's room for him to grow in that offense because – the aforementioned Zach Moss is ugh. and Singletary is one year out of the bills. So I, I think there is room to, for his value to grow, whether or not it turns into a first round pick next year may is yet to be seen yeah. because so, next year's class is, is, right. is let's, let me, let's, I just want to go down narrative street for one uh, second. Move on, please. Yes. After this, they wanted JD McKissick. <laughs> they didn't get him. Billy bean is pissed at Washington and McKissick. Because he did not sign any backed out. That that's like kind of one of those unwritten rules. You can't do that. He's pissed. Why not give it to the rookie that you drafted and be like, hey, McKissick, this is what you could have gotten. You could have gotten like 90 targets in this offense if you wouldn't have left. 
I, I think I think if McKissick was there, he would have gotten the 90 targets. The fact that it is a rookie, it may take a little bit more time to develop. He's not going to come out the gate and get 90. 90 no, I don't, I don't think they're going to throw to their running back. If it was, if it was McKissick, there could be a, mm-hmm. a a reason why I would say yes to that. All right, let's move on. I'm tired of James Cook already, and I love James Cook. All right, do you so. want more of mine? Okay. Uh, oh, oh, that's I, right. We, you only get, you spend 15 I, minutes I, on one player. Thanks, it's, Tyler. It's, because, it's the Tyler it's Takeover episode of Dynasty. Dynasty happy, happy 24 hours. Cook is spilling from every orifice. He's such he's such a polarizing player in this draft that we we like to say is bad. So why not go get a player that you actually like? That's my opinion. Uh, for me, my next player that I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk about the lower end guys. I'll talk about Garrett Wilson is my next higher tier guy, and I'm working on acquiring another roster share of him so he's at four right now he will more than likely be five by the end of the night and i have another draft and i'm hoping to snag him up he's my favorite player in this draft i i love him i think he's got uh justin jefferson like upside if this offense can click and zach wilson can step forward make a step forward in, in my opinion elijah moore is a perfect com- compliment to him kind of like adam thielen was to justin jefferson it might take a little time, just like Jefferson, but I think Wilson will will end up being the premier wide receiver one yeah, on this like on this team. Yeah, and people crazy. hated him. Like they're like, "Oh, this is useless. I can't believe I did this." <laughs> it took him like five games to get right. It was. Uh, who else you got, Tyler? George Pickens is right there. George Pickens is right there at four. Love Pickens. I mean, he's yeah. an early second second guy. Uh, a lot of times when I took Pickett in the first, I would snag up Pickens in the second. It was it was glorious. Just the Doug the Doug Eddie stack is what I like to call it because Doug loves his stacks. I, I do like <laughs> stacks of cash when I win leagues. Let's go, boys! Yeah, All and right. I ahead, Kenneth, Kenneth Walker at three, um, and I don't think I I think I have one Brees Hall, and that's in our little six man fun league best ball. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, and then Wanda Robinson, I have in one. And that's the league where I'm with, with James with some other analysts that we draft before the 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 actual NFL draft. And I got him at 301, and I took James Cook at uh, 212, I think. So nice. Those All right, let's nice move, values for you. Let's move yeah. on from Tyler because I don't want to hear his voice for at least five minutes. Jeez, uh, so, hurts. Bobby, let's look at the rest of your your most owned rookies. You went over your top ones. Just give me like a like a nice breakdown of the rest of your list and like ones that you're really excited about or you were surprised that you were able to get um, on your rosters. Sure. I mean, this somewhat gets into like the third and fourth round guys. That That's fine. Yeah, don't worry about, about that. But yeah. um, Brian Robinson is a guy I'm pretty excited about. I got him in the third round in a league or two. Um, this is another one that people are not going to be excited about and is like the gross player of this draft. But I have a couple of Bellis Jones and I have him because I got him in like the fourth or fifth round. I got him in the fifth round in an IDQ league. I loved it. And he, the Bears didn't add anything else pretty much. I mean, Darnell Mooney, I love Darnell Mooney, but they don't have anything outside Darnell Mooney. Someone has to catch passes there. I get that he's Cole old, Komet. but somebody has to catch. Yeah, Cole Komet. Do you know Velas Jones has his masters already? And I'm not I'm not joking. Probably like five yeah. of them. No, he does. <laughs> also, the early reports that he showed up to um the wide receiver room with like a whiteboard, been taking notes, like super mature. Like yeah. well, I, I again, he's so. one of the he's one of the ugly players that you're like, he was drafted in the what round? Like, I'll get him in the fifth round of rookie drafts all day long. Opportunity, like crazy opportunity. 
He so could before, be what we wanted Kevin White to be. We had a, <laughs> we had a draft before the NFL draft too, like Tyler was just talking about, and I got Felix Jones in like the fifth round. And then I saw the draft night and I was like, oh man, he got draft capital. I just got such Bingo. a huge bump. And then everyone was like, no, he's old. Go away. And I was yeah. like, come on. Remember, guys. When, remember like, when Cooper Cup came out and he was old? He's like 38. He was 25 <laughs> as a rookie, I believe. Kelvin Ridley was probably 50, 52, if I'm, if I'm Dy- not right. Dynastyages.com. Guys, Is that a site? Yeah, about Byron Pringle. Come on. Oh, <laughs> Equinemia St. Brown, dude. Yeah, Dante Pringle Pettis. Popped. Didn't they just sign? Ta- yeah, I was going to say Dante they Pettis. signed Sharp and Dante Pettis this week. I think yeah. what we're saying and is for Justin around. Fields. That's the summary. It's just hey, I feel Justin bad for Fields Justin dug Jones. his own grave by saying he wanted Bayless Jones. So this is on him because he was in the draft room and he talked to the coach and was like, "This is my guy." Well, then, right. then you just gave Doug and I even more good feelings about our fourth and fifth round draft picks. Any, any other ones on your list, Bobby, that you wanted to cover? Um, those were the main guys. I'm trying to take a quick look cause I'm not used to how this is. Oh, I took, um, this was, I was on the clock on a podcast at four twelve in uh, TA seven, which I'm, or no, it was five twelve, Mr. Irrelevant with you guys. And I took Charlie Kolar cause I already have Mark Andrews. And I was talking to uh, Drew on the Timeline podcast. And he essentially said, this guy is like Mark Andrews light. So you might as well just throw him on your taxi. And grab Isaiah Andrews, likely too. <laughs> yeah. And if Mark Andrews gets hurt, I have Mark Andrews replacement. Um, so that's a guy that in tight end premium, I don't hate it, especially not in a late fifth round pick. But mm-hmm. I don't have too many other guys to uh, get excited about necessarily. I did. I will say I did get a one Drake London roster and I am a Drake London fan. I know some people are not, but pretty excited about that. Even with Marcus Mariota throwing him some passes. You mean Desmond Ritter? Yeah. Or Desmond Ritter eventually. Yeah. yeah. James, uh, you got any uh, notables on the rest of your list? Uh, I have one Kenneth Walker that I'm excited about. I'm probably going to scoop up another one. I have one draft left. Um, Hassan Haskins. Like I like the late round value and, you know, I know this bleeds into our other topic, but third round Hassan Haskins, I'll take him any day twice on Sunday, even though I only have one share. Uh, (laughs) If I can get him, I will. We know the clock is ticking on Derrick Henry and he fits that system. Well, he's not a pass catcher per se, but his film was amazing. The way he hurdled one of those guys, uh, I loved it. That those kind of plays excite me, excite me for football, and excite me on late round players that I can say, okay, this guy has a chance to show off if he gets the opportunity, which in the near future he may. So I'll, yeah, I'll take my, my shot on my boy. My boy Chestnut ended up on the Titans. I've got I've got a decent amount of him. Just snagged him up on free You're agency. <laughs> a lot of. Uh, a lot of uh, reports coming out that he looked very good and uh, super athletic. Yeah, mm-hmm. for, for me, it's. Are we just gonna skip me because we were doing it in the same order? Oh, that's fine. Do you I, host I might now? go with order. I might go with orders. <laughs> I'll, I'll do mine and wrap. I said five minutes, Tyler, and you already broke that. I want, didn't want to hear voice for five minutes. You know, whatever. Do you do you? It's it's your podcast. All right. So the rest of mine, you know, I found myself getting a lot of value in guys, um, and I'll cover some of those in a little bit. But um, I felt myself Tyquan Thornton was a guy that I, I felt was slipping. I know it's not a great situation and the Patriots like stone cold suck at drafting receivers and, and especially Baylor receivers in the NFL 
Uh, they yeah. never hit. Sorry, Denzel. Sorry, Josh Gordon. I know you had one big year. Cool. Um, Corey Coleman. Yeah. Uh, maybe Tyquan Thornton's the exception to the rule. I don't know. I this was I picked him in the fourth round and I was chasing draft capital. Maybe he pops. We shall see. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I've only I've only got one share of Isaiah Spiller, George Pickens, James Cook, uh, Jelani Woods, like Rashad White. Like I don't. Pretty much, if it's a top six or seven player. I don't own any of them except for Traylon Burks, who I took. Uh, there was a couple of leagues that I had the one, and uh, I got him at the 106 in the comic book league that both um, Tyler and I are in. And uh, I found myself um, rostering a lot of Malik Willis in Superflex because he was he was sliding. And where I got him in the second round, I looked at the other players and I'm like, no one has a higher ceiling than Malik Willis. You know, the Titans they drafted Hassan Haskins, they drafted a young tight end. They, you know, they drafted a receiver. They could be revamping that offense and it could all revolve around Malik Willis as early as next year. Um, now I know the draft capital surprising that he slid. So did Ritter. Uh, I'm not overly concerned about that, but I, I like Malik Willis's upside and ceiling to take him in the mid to late second in a super flex league. And then if it doesn't work, so be it. Um, but if it works, oh boy, it's going to pay off. So it's one of those like flip a coin. I found myself in super flex leagues in the middle of the second Half of the players that I drafted, Denzel Mims, um, haven't really worked out. Christian Kirk, eh. Um, so why not take a shot on Malik Willis and then have a super valuable asset, potentially? And then if he flames out, well, he'll be on my taxi, just like Denzel Mims is, rotting away the corpse of Denzel. So Tyler, let's go to you. Give me your brief layout here, and then we'll go over our um, values that we're seeing in rookie drafts in the league. Yeah, actually, my my least favorite quarterback in this class is my most rostered quarterback that I have just because he's become a value, and that is Matt Coral. So it's just as much as it sucked, it was kind of the last of the best. So I was like, okay, might as well snag a quarterback. It's super flex. So I got I got some of him. I got two shares of Ritter, and I've got two shares of Drake London. One I traded for, and the other I traded up to get in a surprise where everybody's like, oh, I can't believe you took London because everybody kind of knew I was I was split on him. But you know what? He's on my Atlanta Falcons, and we play a game of fantasy football, and why not cheer for your team as well? That's what I like to think. Uh, I've got, uh, I got one Alex Pierce. A lot of them are just ones little onesies so uh, what's your take on alex pierce because i i don't know if i want to buy in on him or not and i see him going in the early third round he's starting to creep up I see him going to mid second and stuff, which is yeah and i'm like i'm happy with I, late I, second i wasn't really into him and i don't know if i if i am or not high Maybe draft capital back. big guy super athletic opportunity is there uh, i mean they only really have Pittman. yep opportunity no Zach Pascal, Matt Ryan. free agent Matt Ryan's deep ball is still fine it's better than Philip Rivers when he was there so <laughs> I'm not I'm not too nervous about Matt Ryan's deep ball Matt Ryan's deep ball isn't about how far he can throw it it's kind of like Tom Brady he throws it almost before the receivers off the line <laughs> that's Matt Ryan's deep ball like last year Peyton Manning yeah so what's what's better than having a, a 6-3-6-4 receiver with 4-4 wheels to go to go and get it He's he's fine. He's an upside. Is he Jeff Janis or is he, you know, who we thought Jeff Janis could be? That's the question. Aaron Rodgers still sad about Jeff Janis, right? I think we all are. Um, but yeah, for me, it's just a lot of a lot of here and there. I got Pickett, 
uh, in a couple of leagues. John Mechie seems to be a value, and it's always been a, am I going to take Mechie or am I going to take Zamir White? And I kind of split the difference because I really like Mechie. I think he could be a, a sleeper candidate. He's hopefully. been hot in the Twitter streets this last week. So Yeah, hopefully he actually does play this year. There's news that they might want to ease him into it. You know what? He's young enough. You can do that. I mean, the Texans and aren't going to be competing for anything. So 100%. Like, and, yeah. and he's like... The Texans have built that basketball team for receiver. You got the speed guy in Cooks. You got Nico Collins, the big rebounder. And then you got Mechie, the safe slot guy. It, it, it's great. And then Brevin Jordan at tight end. It's it's literally what you would build at receiver if you're going size, speed. And then Damian and, Pierce. Yeah. Rex Burkhead. Marlon. So, <laughs> yeah. Other than that, it's a lot of the late round guys. Uh yeah, um, I, I got some Kyron. I got three shares of him, and I will save the rest for our third round, guys. Awesome. And before we get there, I do want to give a shout-out to Underdog. If you didn't know, Underdog is hosting a $10 million tournament. I don't know if I've ever seen that before in DFS. It's pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. And, you know, you can do basketball on Underdog, so right now if you want to play. But the NFL offseason has everyone hyped. Um but you don't want to join another startup. You can go on Underdog. Right now they have the, you know, you have the rookies and sophomores drafts that you can do on Underdog, um, which is a lot of fun. So go download their app right now. Hit pause. Go download it. It'll only take a second. Hopefully you got quick Wi-Fi. And then use code DHH to have your deposit up to $100 matched right away. Put in 50, get 50. Put in 20, get 20. You know how this works. It's free money for you for something you were going to play anyways. So get free money to enter for yourself into the rookies and sophomore draft, MLB, NFL best balls, and over-under predictions for in-season, which is probably going to be where I'm going to be hanging out because I love some prop bets. So don't miss out on this deal. Once again, code DHH for your deposit up to $100 matched. Bobby, you know, this this year, third round and fourth round rookies, I feel that the the top of this, this draft is super heavy, like the first seven or eight picks, and then it kind of like, it it, it tears off, right? But I feel that this year's draft is super deep at receiver and running back and even tight end, because I feel like tight end, it's not sexy. Like, you know, you have McBride and then you've got guys like Woods and Dolchich, but they're going much later. I think there's a ton of value this year in the third and fourth rounds. Who are some of your guys that you're targeting in those third, fourth, or even later if you have, if you play in a real league and it has five rounds of rookie? Sure. Yeah. And I will say I recently, and by recently, I mean in the past few seasons, have changed my philosophy. I used to be like, oh, I want to take all the wide receivers with upside. Now I try to use my third or fourth round or even fifth round picks on like backup running backs who might have an opportunity or just generally have an opportunity. So we talked about it already, but Brian Robinson is a guy that I've been going in on in the third round a lot of the time because essentially the commanders have shown us they do not want to feature Antonio Gibson and he can be the pounder to Gibson's pass catcher essentially. Um, Samir White is another one because Josh Jacobs didn't have his option picked up. Samir White could find himself starting next year or even this year if Jacobs gets dinged up. Um, we talked about this in like the fourth or fifth round, but I'm going to continue to say Bayless Jones is going to catch passes for the Bears, so mm -hmm. he might have some value there, even though I just talked about not taking those wide receivers. But the philosophy really has changed for me where I will. If there is even close to a tiebreaker, it's probably the running back for me because if someone gets hurt, we see them increase in value so much. Like a good example is a couple seasons ago, I, was a, I took Mike Davis on waivers. And when he became the starter for the Falcons or whatever team he was on that I can't even remember at this point, 
I flipped him for a second round pick like instantly. And that became something else. Way more Car- Carolina when you took over from McCaffrey. Yeah, you're right. It was yep. Carolina. Yeah. yeah. So I flipped him for a second round pick. Like as soon as that happened and perfect, these guys just shoot up in value much more than those wide receivers that were continuing to hope break out. You even talked about one earlier, Jeff Janice, where it's like, we always take these guys and we just go one day and one day never comes. The thing that I do like, and this goes back to the Pierce conversation if you're going to take wide receivers, take them with draft capital. There's a lot of things out there to show that basically if they're not like a second round, third, or sorry, if they're not a fourth round pick, meaning a day two pick, their chances of basically ever becoming fantasy relevant are very, very not good. Yeah, very true. James, who you got late round values? Uh, Keontae Ingram yes, seems like the guy that is the value um, pass catching. You know, we, we know that James Conner did well, earned himself a three-year deal, but they always needed somebody, even if they didn't use Chase Edmonds, like they could have used Chase Edmonds a lot more. Uh, Keontae Ingram's only competing with, what's his name? Eno Benjamin? Eno Benjamin, yeah. Yeah, what, what was he, like a seventh-round pick? Uh, yeah. I think Keontae Ingram could could actually get a chance to to see the field this year and have a little value bump. So finding him in the late third, early fourth round, even I'm happy with it. All right. Tyler, who you got? Um, I love getting this guy late. Danny Gray for San Francisco, the third round pick for the 49ers, super athletic. And I mean, he, he reminds me so much of like an Emmanuel Sanders type player. Just, just good all around good route runner. The thing is, is, they don't have a guy like this on the team. Debo's fast, but he ain't four two four three fast, and that's Danny Gray. Danny Gray's fast, so in my opinion, this is a guy they they wanted to get. They didn't have too many draft picks. They they got in the third round, and I get Shanahan's draft strategy hasn't been great. I mean, his, his he's hitting more later on, but for me. I really like the profile and the fit for this offense. They need more receiving work. They've got a lot of late round guys, NIUK and Debo. Who knows what's going to go on with Debo? Danny Gray could be the replacement for him. And also another player I'm actually going for late later on is Isaiah Pacheco for Kansas City, the running back. Uh, just an athlete. That's pretty New much Jersey, this is a solid, a solid running back class. Yeah, it's, and it's a he's fast a, running back class. Yeah, he's he's fast and he's an athlete. It, it, he doesn't know the position well. Athlete. He he's not. Fast. He kind of he kind of outsmarts himself when it comes to choosing a hole. You know who's a good coach for that? Andy Reid. Andy Reid's a really good coach and can help a player out. So for for me, uh, he's kind of a Daryl Williams type player, except probably more athletic. So why not go to a team that? use Daryl Williams, who in my opinion was an average athlete when he came out and he looked very good when CH was injured. Yeah. I've got a couple. And I think this is one of those drafts where like Bobby said, like you can find running backs that like Keontae Ingram, like, like James said, um, you know, even we talked a little bit earlier about Kennedy Brooks, the guy that could be in position to get some snaps in his rookie year. A guy that I like a lot. We talked to, we spoke his name earlier was Pierre strong. And the reason I like Pierre strong late is because James white is coming back on a one-year deal. He hurt his hip last year. He's not exactly young and he's got almost no guaranteed money. So he could not make the team. Although, you know, bill is really loyal to his guys, but if white isn't healthy, 
He's going to be a cut. And who's going to catch passes out of this backfield? Damian Harris doesn't catch passes. Ramondre Stevenson isn't bad at it. But I think Pierre Strong could be a sneaky pass catcher out of this backfield. And once Damian Harris is gone, you know, I think it could be Ramondre Stevenson and Pierre Strong leading the way for this team in 2023. So to uh, spend a fourth round rookie pick on Pierre Strong, don't hate it at all. I really like his profile. Um, So I like him quite a bit as a late um, player. And the other one, I'm going to give you a tight end that I like. He was the most athletic tight end at the combine. And I'm going to totally butcher his name. Chigozim Nkwanko from Tennessee. That's pretty good. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Delaney Walker or Irv Smith. He's only six footish tall, but he's very, very athletic. Could definitely be a great pass catching tight end. And Tennessee, they signed Austin Hooper. Cool. Uh, they still have Anthony Fersker, I think. We all thought he was going to break out at some point. Didn't happen. So getting him. Fersker's uh, on the Falcons. Is he? Okay, cool. Good to know. So he's not breaking out. No, no, he's he's got this. Yeah. He's got pits in front of him. I don't think he's going to have an opportunity. Um, so I like him quite a bit. Is an opportunity again. A lot of those Tennessee Titans drafted players. Like this offense could be a lot different in a year or two, and I'm I'm kind of excited for it because I like the prospects of a lot of the guys. Tyler, you get your hands up. I just want one more, and it's Tyler Batty. I love the running style. Uh, a really low, low gravity type player. He's five eight. It's like a bowling ball. A lot of people actually comped him to Ray Rice, and he lands in Baltimore. They drafted him. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, both torn ACLs. Who knows how they're coming back? In my opinion, Dobbins is being way overvalued right now, and I'm not about it. And they're like, well, he could catch passes. Who catches passes in that offense except Mark Andrews? Nobody is. Nobody's doing it. You want to know why? The offensive coordinator never did that. He didn't do it with Atlanta. He's not doing it with Baltimore. Who you want as a pass catcher is Mark Andrews. So give me the opportunity of being and being in a run first offense and a guy who I think has the talent to be able to do that. I like it. So that is going to wrap up our third and fourth round rookie targets. Before we give the stage to Bobby, I did want to give a shout out to Dynasty Nerds. Go to DynastyNerds.com and sign up for the Nerd Herd. Use code DHH for 15% off of any subscription. They have trade tools on there. There's an extra Nerd Herd episode, prospect film room, prospect scores and the dynasty dynasty GM and Rich's wife, uh, Amanda makes the most beautiful charcuterie. And that's all you need to know. That's to, to support dynastynerds.com is go for the charcuterie. Um, it's, it's beautiful and it's amazing. So Bobby, before we wrap up, what are you working on? Where can we find you? Give me your spiel. Sure. Uh, it's been a while since I've had to do this or had anything to do it with, but you may have seen on Twitter that I recently became a coverage host for the DAP network, which includes, the Trade Addicts Pod, Dynasty Junkies, The Timeline, a few other podcasts that I'm probably get real with Casey Kasem. I'm probably forgetting one. And if I forgot yours, I apologize. But basically the idea is if anyone is feeling too lazy to host their own podcast and I'm around, I will host it for them. I'm also going to be a rotating host on uh, the Dynasty Junkies, at least probably one. It's about the right level of involvement for me. I went way too hard the last time I was involved. So I'm glad to essentially be as involved as the saying goes when I feel like it. <laughs> awesome. So thank you, Bobby, for joining us this week. Shout out to Toronto Dave in the chat for being active. We love to see Heck yeah. that. Hopefully love we Dave. get more people active when you like and subscribe dynasty happy hour on YouTube. Make sure you go into iTunes, leave us a rating and review bumps us up those dynasty charts. And we want to be at the top because you know what? We're right there. We're at the top. We got James. We got Tyler. We got great guests coming on every week. You got me. I'm all right. So like, yeah, we want that. So make sure you go on iTunes, 
Give us all the love. Much appreciated. We'll see you next week on the Dynasty Happy Hour.